Hello and welcome to On the Front Porch with us, your weekly Disney podcast. I'm Tony Pascal. I'm Josh Whitehead, and we are super excited to have you on this week. We've got uh, some pretty exciting stuff to talk about with Fox and the Hound. But before we get to that, Tony, I understand you have some ranting that you want to do. Oh man, I love a good rant. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so here's the thing. Uh, I am pretty bad at Twitter, uh, right. which is like clear uh, by yeah. the fact that like uh, I don't really know how to use hashtags and I don't really know how to use the at sign to make people come and like, okay. Anyway, like three of my hashtags just like haven't worked for some reason. You can't click on them and then like all of them. Uh, like, all my <laughs> at signs, like, are broken. But I'm, like, following, like, six people, which is, like, super different than my, like, Facebook sort of experience, where, like, I get all kinds of weird stuff from all over, like, the, the country and all over the world. Uh, and people, right. t- like, say weird stuff. On Twitter, I just, like, follow, like... <laughs> I'm just following, like, Disney and also Walt Disney and also... <laughs> you. <laughs> Naturally. <laughs> and sure. also, like... like spotify or whatever right like uh, i'm like not following that many people so i'm just getting a like a lot of like disney like propaganda in my in my feed which is like fine for me because it, i do get to see lots of really interesting things i'm also following imdb so i do get to see all the new trailers as they come out that's been useful for me but i have like noticed that disney is pushing really 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 hard on this like pirates of the caribbean 10 <laughs> right i am just super not interested like i just am not am i the only one in the world who thinks that like man this should have died like three movies ago and like why are we still like <laughs> why are we still letting disney get away with this like kind of thing no i i i'm on board with you the, the fact of the matter is that i liked the first one a lot the second one was an in-between um definitely felt like an in-between everything about it was in between it was leading up to the third movie the third movie was eh, it was okay and then the fourth movie should not have happened i didn't see I, the fourth I, one or the the fifth was there a fifth one already another black this one? is the fifth one this, this is, the, is fifth the fifth one, one. okay Oh, geez paul mccartney's gonna be in it like <laughs> i know well and and the the thing that i've seen um it looks like they're trying to get back to the feel of the first movie, which I'm good with. Like, if they can recreate that feeling of the first movie, then I will be good. The, the problem is that they're trying... It, it feels like it's almost exactly like the first movie in the way that we've got Undead Pirates. We've got uh, the um, love thing with Will Turner and the girl... Kira Knightley is actually Will Turner's son in this movie and some other girl that's pretty much Kira Knightley. So I'm worried that it's going to be exactly the same as the first one. Well, what was great about the first one is that it was sort of surprising and this one won't be. It's like the same thing with like Guards of the Galaxy. Nobody like saw it being that great and then it was like super awesome. Uh, and then the right. sequel is like, it's a sequel, whatever. But like, yeah, I, I'm not excited. I think... Uh, we can. I'll have other rants about you know Disney being a giant money, like just making a lot of money and just like milking the cow for all it's worth. Uh, it sure. annoys me sometimes, uh, but yes. 
Well, yeah, and especially when it comes to sequels. You oh, know, I hate sequels. Disney has had some trouble with sequels in the past. And I I would like to hope that they get this one right. Uh, I'm not so sure, because the fourth one was awful, but, um, you know, it well, doesn't hurt to hope. At, well, this might, this is just going to be, I'm going to continue this right, I'm just going to keep on going. But, like, okay, sequels <laughs> are one thing. <laughs> I also am, like... I'm just tired of the, like, everything has to be a live-action movie, too. You know? Like, everything... Like, we have to rehash every single, like, Disney movie and make it the exact same thing except live-action. Alan talked about it a little bit a couple weeks ago, and I think, like, he's definitely on to something. Like, it's super... Like, it's just, like... It's really annoying. I agree with him. Like, I did, I don't feel like The Lion King needs to be rebooted as a live action movie. Like I'm not it's not that I'm not excited about like the cast they got for it or like I don't think it would be right. fun to watch. I just don't think it's gonna anything new is gonna be added. You know, like I don't think I'm gonna get anything more from it. Well like, to be fair, Beauty and the Beast was very well done and I liked it a lot. I I think you're right that it doesn't need to happen, but I'm I think that, that the issue is that they're having trouble coming up with new concepts for movies. Um, they're not you know, they're having like like we talked. Moana was awesome. Like, well, yes. Zootopia but what do they have great. in the works right now? I, I mean, they've got Coco in the works right now, and they've got Toy Story four in the works right now. But that's pretty much it for the near future. And so, when you look at that, I I get why they're doing it. I just um, I'm not sure that it's the best endeavor. I I will say that Lion King has been cast with Donald Glover, and <laughs> I. Super love Donald Glover, both as an actor, as a comedian, and as Childish Gambino, the, the rapper. Uh, all about me, some Donald Glover. Super psyched about that. No, I, like, again, I liked Beauty and the Beast. I didn't watch Tarzan because I wasn't that interested in it. I didn't watch no. Maleficent because I wasn't that interested in it. Uh, I just, like... Like, I guess it's cool when it's done well, but it feels like like a lot of these have been done poorly and then like and it's definitely not done for the right reason it's not like done to like add a whole bunch something new to the oh no i don't i think you're right i don't think it's done to add to the story but at the same time lion king is supposed to be done live action and in a much realer darker way and i i think that if it's done that way then it'll be told from a different perspective and that's what i'm hoping for for lion king yeah well, we'll see. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, we, we got some things in the works right now, and if it works out, then it works out. If it doesn't work out, then, you know, it they're just something that we're going to have to have in the repertoire. Yeah. Anyway, fun little rant from Tony. I hope you liked it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, moving on from there. Thank you for that, Tony. Yeah. Uh, I would like to take a second... And again, thank our uh, mother for joining us this past week for the Mother's Day special. We love you. We appreciated having you on. It was a great little short interview with our mom, and we we really liked having her on. Yeah, it was super fun to have you guys make fun of me when my audio kicked out. That yeah, awesome. it was awesome. <laughs> I called you a nerd. <laughs> so, uh... By the, the other way, thing, I'm the favorite son. I, I listened back to that interview. That wasn't clear. It, it's me. I'm the favorite son. 
Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but um, moving on from there, the other thing that I wanted to remind you about is that we have a Facebook page. This is the first time you're hearing it, I know, but I wanted to let you know, let you in on the secret. Um, that we have a Facebook page uh, at Front Porch Disney. Check it out there. And like and share and comment. Leave us interesting tidbits that you get from the movies that we didn't talk about or things that you want to expand on. And maybe we'll talk about them on the show. Like, like we the did video with our... of the, the fox and the dog being cute next to each other. Oh my god, it was so cute. Uh, like Cameron Yao a uh, couple times ago posted back after we talked about Moana. We read it on the show. We'd like for other stuff to come up like that if you guys have notes or anything. Um... The other thing is that you can find us on Twitter, at Front Porch Disney. Uh, Tony is at Front Porch Tony. I'm at Front Porch Josh. And, yeah, you can find us there. We're going to be posting up for the new episodes and things like that. We're also on iTunes. Check us out there. Subscribe. uh, Rate us. That's a huge thing. Leave a a rating and a uh, review because, again, we don't do any uh, paid advertising for the show. Everything is via word of mouth from you guys. So the more you guys do that, the more we can get boosted up in numbers and other people can find us that also would like our page. Lastly, uh, we have the hashtag on Twitter, uh, or hashtag Front Porch Talks. If you use that, uh, we can get your names, your Twitter handles, and you'd be entered into a drawing for some free front porch swag, like some buttons or stickers or something, depending on uh, what you guys are most interested in. we got to get people using that hashtag first, though. So tell your friends. Get people psyched. And to, to be clear, we also, tell- you can also win if you are joining the conversation on Facebook. So Right. We're going to enter your names in if you're joining the conversation on Facebook as well. So, yeah, get, get people excited. We want to really reach out to those people that don't know about us yet. But if you have friends that are in their 20s or 30s and like Disney movies and like um, or talking about them. Yeah. We or in their don't want 80s. anybody in between. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is just right out. If you are over the age of 35 and under the age of 80, then we are not interested uh, just go away now. Uh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, so yeah, just tell your friends, you know, we want to, we want to reach out to everybody and we are really excited by our listenership so far. We just want to keep growing. Yep, yep. Uh, with, with that, Tony, I am really excited to talk about Fox and the Hound with you. Yeah, man. Um, I have like the most fun. I'm really excited about this. So, to start off with, do you know who played Copper in this movie? I have no idea who played Copper. Kurt Russell. Wow. Did you know that in the same year, (laughs) in the same year, 1981, that this movie came out, Kurt Russell also played Snake in Escape from New York? But like, huh. badass guy with the eye patch played. He was Copper and Snake the same year. <laughs> so, um, for cool. today's trivia, right. I have I have 
a bunch of quotes, and you have to decide which ones came from Copper in the Disney classic, The Fox and the Hound, and which okay. ones came from Snake in either Escape from New York or Escape from L.A. I used both because uh, okay. I, I wanted to get more quotes. Okay. Okay, are you ready? I'm, I'm super psyched for this game. Let's go. Okay. First quote. Those days yeah. are over. I'm a hunting dog now. Oh, I I think uh, this is a this is totally a tough one. <laughs> I'm gonna go with is it copper? It is. Ding! Hooray! I knew uh, that one. He, he called himself a hunting dog, Tony. Yeah. Okay. Second. These quote. get harder, right? Yeah. <laughs> All right, second quote. Sad okay. story. Sad story. You got a smoke? I'm going to go with snake. Yes! <laughs> okay. Yeah. Third quote. Your rules are really beginning to annoy me. I'm going to go with snake. Yeah! Okay. Fourth quote. Fuck you, I'm going to Hollywood. Oh, copper all day. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Uh, I'm going to say snake. It is snake! <laughs> <laughs> okay, you ready? Yeah, go ahead. If it's the last thing I'll do, I'll get you for this. Copper. It is copper! <laughs> yep. Alright, last one. You ready? Okay, I'm loving this game. I don't give a fuck about your war or your president. Oh, God. I... I'm just imagining all these ones with the word fuck in them. I'm imagining copper saying them. <laughs> with an eye patch. <laughs> with an eye patch and a grungy voice like, I don't give a fuck about you. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, okay, well, Snake. It is Snake. You Hooray! win. <laughs> Yay. What do I win? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> okay. Well, well, that was fun. Thank you. <laughs> yep, that was great. <laughs> Did you have any other trivia? Um, I mean, I got the, like the basic stuff. The like, uh, it's directed by Ted Berman, Richard Rich, and Art Stevens. Right. Um, I got some really interesting stuff. Uh, did you know that uh, this was like the movie that Don Bluth uh, and like eleven other. Disney uh, animators all left during? No, why? So, well, I mean, like, they left and they created the Don Bluth Studios, which is, like, Land, Bo Land Before Time and, like... Uh, right, yeah. All those, like, you know, like, uh, American Tale, Five Goes West, all those kinds of movies. Uh, the Don Bluth Studios, which really, like, dominated during the 80s, like... Yeah, didn't Disney they do went Balto? this downturn. Yeah, uh-huh. Uh, wait, okay. well, maybe that was Sony. Uh, let me check. But, like, in the meantime, um, Don Bluth did, like, a ton of stuff in the 80s. Right. Um, and, like, almost, like, their, their studio did, like, a lot of, like, the major sort of 80s animation uh, while right. Disney was going through its downturn, talking talking about, like, you know, the, the, the Black Cauldron came out in the 80s and, like, all these, like, bad Disney, like, our, our sort of, like, lower Disney movies. Uh, so, uh... Yeah, so this is like uh, this is the movie where they left and uh, they started their own. Um, Interesting. 
I had read like, I think like, basically, they they just felt like there wasn't like enough artistic freedom, I guess, to do sort of like the darker things, like Secrets of Nim, which is like the other Don Bluth movie that came out in '82, I think, or '83, right. which is like super dark, but also like really really good. Um, to be and, fair, this movie is super fucking dark too. It is. But it also, like, glosses over things that I don't, I don't think Don Bluth would have wanted to do. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. Okay, whatever. Yeah. Anywho, so that was, uh, that's my, my basic... I, I spent a lot of time looking up uh, Kurt Russell quotes, so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> that is perfectly fine. Do you know what the year is on this one? Uh, 81. Yep. Escape from New York 81. and uh, Fox and the Hound, 1981. Right. Uh, so with that, we don't have a short this week. Because we did an interview with Mom last week, so we wanted to keep this one relatively short as well. So, we're just going to jump right into the movie, Fox and the Hound. Go watch it, and we will wait here for you. Pause. When you're the best of friends. <laughs> having so okay. much fun no, together. No, no, no. Tony, they're back. Oh, man, that is a short movie. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, okay, so, Tony, first of all, this intro is very indicative of the rest of the movie to me. It's just, like, there's no music playing. It's just dark woods. Yeah, no, it's, it's like, it's sad. It's austere. It's, like, uh, it... So it draws a lot of parallels with Bambi, and this whole movie kind of does... Um, I think it does what Bambi does, except a little worse kind of thing. Yeah. Um, hey, Bambi's, like, fucking genius, and we'll talk more about that whenever we get to Bambi, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, like, this is, like, a, uh, this is, like, a really good, like, intro. It's sad. It's, like, we see the, like, chase where, like, the, the mom is, like, being chased across the field, drops off her, her pup, and then, like, gets shot in the field, and you're like, holy shit. Yeah. But, like, that doesn't even come for, like, three minutes of just sad, quiet, like, like almost no music. It's, like, yeah, quiet, like, forest noise. It's really cool. Well, yeah, and the other thing about it is is that we can assume, because of the, the way that he was left, uh, that, like, what what's happening here is Amos Slade and Chief killed Todd's mom, for sure. Mm. Like, it's right next door. Yeah, but it doesn't it look like, like, Amos Slade, like, and Chief, like, just came back with, like, or, like, well, Chief was, was at home. No. When they, when they, like, the very first time we see Chief, Chief's at home, and, like, and Amos Slade drives up, and, like, says, hey, Chief, I got this baby uh, puppy. Like, was that like, at the same time? that uh, Right after Todd got picked up by the widow? That's what it seemed like to me, that it was the same day. Okay. But well, like, it wrong. just feels weird that some other hunter came up into Amos Slade's yard and killed Todd's mom. It, it, I think it makes more sense. And if it is this way, then it proves the story to be even more ironic if Chief killed Todd's mom. 
Yeah, no, I think I, your version is more is better, but I, I definitely... All right, we'll just assume Amos Slade did it, just to make the story yeah. better. I would like to assume <laughs> that's what happened. Anyway, so, yeah, this super dark chase scene, and it, it, it is kind of setting the, the stage, right? It, it's giving you this natural state of being of the fox runs away from the hunter and the hunting dog. And the hunting dog chases and kills. This is the the natural order of things, uh, and the fact that that's the first thing that we see is kind of setting the the tone for what's supposed to happen in this story. Yeah, and, and I think that's really interesting when you look at the the fact that she puts Todd down in this fence post, runs off, and immediately dies. I mean, it's super sad, but say what you will about this movie. A, it's super sad, it's super dark, it's super violent. But B, it is the realest, I, one of the realest Disney movies that I think there is. In, this, in the sense that we are looking that at... talk? No, not necessarily. No, I'm saying, like, from if you're looking at this movie from the human's perspective, from the widow's perspective, and Amos's perspective... This is just regular living for them. When you look at the events of this story, there's nothing unique about these animals. They don't, like, act out as um, personified characters. They're just animals from the human perspective. And there's nothing that really stands out about them. So, like, and all these things that happen are things that would genuinely happen in this scenario from the human perspective. And I think that that's a really interesting note about this movie. I think that's fair. Yeah. Humans are, humans are, are boring in this movie. Yeah. And like, this is, this is a real event that could have happened from the human perspective and does happen regularly from the human perspective. Yeah. I mean, not necessarily the, the woman, making a fox a pet because that's pretty dangerous stuff yes my wife who's a zookeeper says don't do that right that's a bad idea foxes are wild animals yeah don't do that <laughs> yeah for sure even though they look cute yeah uh, uh oh oh i forgot hey kids close your little elf ears profanity's coming again dude i cursed a whole lot during the kurt russell scene <laughs> yeah well that means uh kids if you heard all that kurt russell cursing that was Kurt Russell. Blame him. <laughs> Specifically, it's it's Snake. It's not Copper. <laughs> yeah, exactly. This is not the, the dog. The cute little puppy dog. Oh, man. Those dogs are so fucking cute. All right. So, <laughs> Big Mama sees the, 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 like, hears a gunshot, sees a gunshot, same as us, sees yep. the little, little fox pup, and, uh, and like basically immediate is like, immediately is like, well, you need a new house. Big Mama yep. gives so, no space for grieving. She's just like, yeah, she's pay no attention practical. to the fact that your mom just died. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's see what we can do. It's it's almost exactly. I'm watching uh, on Netflix uh, a series for unfortunate events. It's like almost exactly like that. <laughs> yeah. Except like in that sure. world, it's like it's like kind of funny. It's like ironic. In this world, it's yeah. like no, they. We just need to find you a new home. <laughs> yeah, somebody else has to take care of you, and it's not going to be Big Mama. Oh, no, uh, no. Big Mama's not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> well, she takes the initiative, though, so good on her. Yeah, but I will say, 
that Big Mama is played by Pearl Bailey, right? Pearl yep. Bailey. She is great in this movie. I really like Big Mama's role. She is. I, I have some criticisms for later, but all in all, like I really like the way that she portrayed this owl character. Yeah, she does a good job. Yeah, for sure. And then she's like, we need somebody to take care of this box. And she's like, let me get Boomer and Dinky to do it. Because they're competent. No, they're not. They can't catch a a caterpillar. (laughs) Yeah. Old squeaks. Uh, So they try, they they get, uh, or she gets Dinky and Boomer. And they come along and are like, yeah, we'll help. But they're birds, so what are they going to do? So their decision is to get the widow by flinging her pantyhose on a fox. So that's the way they did it. Yep. And then the crazy fox lady (laughs) is like, well, now I'm not going to be so lonesome anymore. I have a fox friend. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta wonder what happened to her, right? Like, she's she's called the Widow. Or, the Widow, I don't know what her last name is. But she she's obviously had some stuff go on. And she's got this immediately maternal instinct. So, she's like... She's literally bottle-feeding the fox. <laughs> yeah. And the fact that she has the bottles makes me think that something horrible has happened to her in her past. Uh... I mean, like, maybe, maybe the kid is just in college. I mean, that's one thing, but we know that her (laughs) husband died. Yeah. So, I don't know. Something terrible might have happened. Must have happened. Uh, Yeah, that's what I I would, I'm I'm making it canon. This is what happened. Oh, Jesus. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah, so she takes care of uh, Todd. And on the other side of things, we've got uh, Amos bringing little puppy to Chief. And I really like that Chief thinks it's food in the bag. He's, like, sniffing at it, and then it squirms. So that's kind of funny. But, like, immediately we have this major theme come up, right, in their childhood stage, but isn't really seen after that, is the fact that they are... Kind of like dichotomy, sort of, they're like broken up into the maternal upbringing and the paternal upbringing. So like the motherly upbringing and the fatherly upbringing. So like Todd is is very nurtured by a mother figure, whereas Copper is very just sort of thrown out there, made to be independent under this father character between Amos, who is kind of a father character, but more of Chief, who we see as, like, this actual father figure to him. Yeah, and they're, like, they both, like, clearly, like, love each other. It's just, like, in a different way, right? Like, like, Copper, like, immediately, like, falls asleep on Chief, and, like, Chief is, like, slightly annoyed, but also, like, like, happy. He's, like, it's like a cute scene. Like, it's like, aw, dogs like each other too, kind of thing. Yeah, like this, this dang, dag nabbit pup <laughs> is pissing me off. He, he's very much the, uh, 
Oh God, what, what's what's the Homeward Bound dog name? Oh, uh, Shadow. Not yeah, Shadow. He he's very much the Shadow character. That daggone pup. Oh pup. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> and honestly, I would like to compare him Chief to to Shadow in this movie. But like Shadow's like the, I, like Shadow's like an honorable character who like isn't like spiteful or vengeful. And, like, Chief is, as we will later see. Well, yeah. I mean, more in the struggles that he goes up against in this movie. Like, Chief's primary struggle in this movie is that he's being phased out. He's getting too old and too uh, feeble to do what he used to do and to do it at the capacity that Topper can do it, right? He, He is, and, like, we see it later when they go on the hunting trip and he has to sit in the back seat. That's the big moment. But like, he, he feels old. He is old because he's not smelling as well as copper and he's not seeing as well as copper. Yeah. He's old. He's deaf. He's pretty yeah. old. He's an old dog. Yeah. He's super, he's super old. Anyway, uh, they he's real old. go out. Yeah. I think, I think we need to establish the fact that chief is old. Certainly older than copper. Yeah, I would Who's like to think that Kurt Chief Russell is pretty. Says old. fuck a lot in the movie Escape from New York. Yeah. Yes. I think. <laughs> I don't know if we've mentioned it yet, but I think that Chief is pretty old. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so. Anyway. We get this scene where the, like, fox comes. Like, we get this cute scene where, like, they're, you see the uh, kind of, like, the mother. The motherly growing, like, growing up where, like, I can't get mad at you even though you scared all the hens and knocked over the milk and did all the bad things. Like, I can't stay mad at you. Go play kind of thing. Yeah. And then we see that, like, on the other side, uh, he says, uh, Chief says, can't tell these whippersnappers anything kind of thing. (laughs) He's, like, he's doing, like... You got a lot of learning to do about sniffing and smelling. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, and, like, and this scene where Copper, like, uh, is on the scent is the most just fucking adorable thing I have ever seen. <laughs> the, the Copper, like, he's like, I smell something. And Chief smell, lifts his head and he's like, oh, that's nothing. And Copper's like, no, I smell something. It's something new, something weird. And he goes to chase it. And Todd's just sitting on top of the log, just like, hey, how's it going? What are you doing? I'm sniffing. And then he finds out that it's Todd. And he does the little... And Tony, I, I understand that you have a... a Something that you do with this, with Cameron. What, what, what okay, do you do with but this? this? There is a time and place for that, and it's not this Aruru, which is like a happy Aruru. There's a sad Aruru <laughs> that comes later, so I'm just gonna hold on to it. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll save that for for the sad the sad Aruru. Yeah, no, this this is like but, a happy Aruru. <laughs> yeah, that he's found something. Uh, so he finds the thing that he's looking for. He gives the cute little. And they make friends, and they play. 
And I I gotta say that this scene is the, the first half of my problem with Big Mama. And that first half is that she is like, they're the best of friends. And like, she's singing about how it's great that they're not... Uh, they're not adhering to the natural order of things because they haven't. They they they're going against that because they're friends, right? Right. And I think that that's great. I think that that's the the message that we should be getting from this movie is you need to be friends. And then later, I will tell you the second half of my problem with Big Mom. So this first half is a but, setup for your problem because there, there's not really a problem yes, here. Yes, this is. <laughs> yeah, this is not my problem. My problem comes okay. later. But this this is just the the introduction to my problem. I was gonna say like your problem is that she sings about happiness and cuteness. <laughs> yes, I hate it. I I have a problem with happiness. Okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I think yeah. So they like. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, oh, go I was going to say, like, well, so they're playing, and, like, the next thing I have written down is that Copper, like, has to do stuff. Like, he has, like, responsibilities, whereas Todd is, like, wild and free. Right. And so, like, I saw that you, like, you sort of, like, compared them, you know, from maternal to paternal upbringing. I sort of compared them to living within strictures of society and not, uh, where, like, well, where, yeah. Like, clearly, like he's a wild animal. Todd is a wild animal, and he like can do whatever he wants, and like is sort of like a free spirit and just is like enjoying the ride kind of thing. Whereas like Copper like has like uh, responsibilities and obligations that he has to like he's he's responsible yeah. for. Right, he's there for a reason. Whereas Todd is there to be nurtured. I I think you're right that there's a dynamic here of wilds versus domestication i think that that's one of the major themes of the movie i think that we're both saying the exact same thing but in different ways we're both seeing different sides of it so like i'm seeing the maternal versus paternal side of it but i think that the other side of it is that wilds versus domestication side of things i i agree entirely yeah so the next scene i have is when they're snoring in the boxes do you have that? The, what do you the, mean? Where like, well, so like, anyway, like Copper gets pulled off to uh, to back to his house, uh, and like he's tied up the next time that Todd sees him that night because like he ran off. Yeah. And I hear <laughs> I hear Chief snoring real loud. Yeah. Most definitely, he's definitely an old man. Oh yeah. You know who else snores a lot? <laughs> Our special guest last week. Yeah, mom. Mom for sure snores a lot. Listeners uh, out there, our mother snores but, like a lot. Like yeah, scares little like children a whole lot when she goes camping. Right, it's pretty great. So <laughs> yeah, he he definitely snores a lot. He's pretty uh pretty snorey, and yeah, they like he goes into or Todd goes into the barrel with Chief. For whatever reason, I don't even know why. Like, it, it just seemed like a stupid move to begin with. And He's he curious. goes into the barrel, and Chief wakes up because he can smell fox. He's like, is that a badger? In his dream, he's like, is that a badger? No, it's not a badger. It's a fox! And he wakes up. 
I really like that, that he's got that keen of sense. And there's this whole thing, Amos immediately, as soon as he hears barking, comes out with his shotgun. <laughs> and... There's a fox in the head house! Yeah, he's like, they, they do this big chase scene, and he's... I gotta say, the widow is a bad. Yeah, but like, she he like... straight up shoots at her. <laughs> yeah, like, well, yes. So, so the fox but is running away she... and like runs onto the milk cart where the widow is driving. And Amos fucking shoots at the moving car with the widow. Like, she sees him in the mirror pulling out the shotgun and just shooting at her. It's fucking nuts. <laughs> yeah. Like, he, he's for sure crazy. Like, we, we've established that. But I think that what's better is her reaction. She's just super pissed. And she takes his shotgun and shoots his engine just full of holes. <laughs> Like a badass. You're back now, and... female. <laughs> it just, just the best. She is truly like a super strong female character, and I. No, love she's her. a badass, and Amos is like, yeah, I, like obviously, we're, is not a character we're supposed to like, and so the fact that he like is also misogynist is nice because because he's an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they, uh, she's like, like, finger-wagging at Todd, because he was a bad, bad fox boy, and (laughs) (laughs) Copper and Amos in a huff, and Chief go on a really long trip for the winter to go And this is where the sad Aruru comes, because... Yes, this is the sad Aruru. So, so like, the fox isn't allowed out anymore, but then... Like, they go on their hunting trip, so they're going to be gone for months and months. So the fox goes out to, like, say goodbye, and he can't because they are already gone. And Copper goes, while they drive off. And Todd's just staring, looking, because foxes don't make sounds. Right. Well, they do. Uh, Okay. (laughs) Well... It just sounds like screaming. Yeah, it's not not pleasant. Yeah. Anyway, the sad Aruru story is that, like, the joke between Yaza and I, Yaza went to UNC. We both went to high school together. Yaza went to UNC, and I went to NC State. And he, he would come to the NC State Disney Movie Club all the time, so he'd, like, come and join us at Disney Movie Club. Uh, and... He came and watched Fox and the Hound with us, and he was sitting next to me, and that scene happened. <laughs> and I turned to him and said, that's how I felt when you left me and went to UNC. <laughs> 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 and it's been, like, kind of a running joke ever since, is that, like, every time he, like, left uh, left DMC and, like, went back to UNC, I'd go, it really, it really That's captures super funny. A, a feeling. <laughs> yeah, it is a very sad ruru uh, that they were gonna have to be apart. And the thing is that Todd calls it too. He's like, you know, he's going away for such a long time. I wonder if he'll be the same copper when he comes back. And so that's like a a, a moment of foreshadowing for Todd. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, there's like this great montage on both sides. Copper 
does some growing or Todd does some growing up from inside the house. He can't go outside. He can't play in the snow, and he's just stuck inside by the fire. And he's becoming slightly more domesticated, but not as much as like a cat, for example. <laughs> and Copper on the other side has a much better montage of him with Chief and Amos just out hunting and doing things. And like, I really like this sequence because you really see copper go from being this puppy who just like barks at things and chases out of like being a puppy because he's curious to being a, a well-rounded hunting dog that takes the place of chief in the grand scheme of things because he's better at smelling things uh, because he's younger i guess so like this is a big moment in terms of character development. Todd doesn't really change as a character, whereas Copper very, very much changes and understands what his lot in, in life is supposed to be. Yeah. Well, we get... I so mean, that, like, the, yeah. the big change for, for Todd is that he, like, becomes less trusting, right? Like, he, he, like that's right. his, his ultimate, like, change point is that, like... At the beginning, like, everyone he's ever known is, like, super, like, friendly and, like, caring towards him. And, like, by the time we get him in the forest, it's not so much. And so we get this great kablam! Elimination! Lack of education! Sort of scene. Oh, when they get out of... Yeah, when he gets back out of the the house after the snow. Yeah, yeah and Big Mama, immediately he greets uh, her and Boomer and Dinky and... They're like, oh, is this the same fox? Yada, yada, yada. And he's like, I can't wait for Copper to come back. And she's like, oh, you got to be aware. He's a hunting dog now. And Todd is just like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's still my friend. And she's like, well, you got to get educated. This this little song that she does rhyme God, that she it's does. It's so bad. It's like of, a terrible song. <laughs> Yeah, like, and it's, the thing is that this is the second half of my problem with Big Mama. Thanks for staying tuned. Um, don't change that channel. The, uh, th this is the second half of that problem that I have with Big Mama, is that literally not even 20 minutes before in the movie, she was saying, how sweet is it that these two animals are friends despite the natural order of things. That is great. They should be friends uh, because they want to be friends. Don't worry about the outside uh, like forces that would turn them enemies. And then, not even 20 minutes later, she's coming in saying, Oh, you gotta be ready. He is gonna kill you. Lack of education. Yeah, but like, it, that he is <laughs> gonna kill him. Well, I mean, it's true, but that she she was just saying, don't let the outside influences change your friendship. And now she's being an outside influence. Yeah. Like, granted, it, it's for good reason. Like, she's warning him, but and and educating him. Yeah. I I understand the point of this song, but it's it, bullshit. She she is a hypocrite. It's, it's, yeah. I think <laughs> I think you're right. I think it's meant to be, like, it's set up to be, like, across a, a from, you know, Copper's sort of, like, growth and development. But it is it is set up weird. Like, 
because number one, it sets him up as like, you know, you are prey and have to like figure that out, which just like feels weird yeah. in a human context. Uh. <laughs> yeah, well, like, and my thing is that it would have been fine if if like Boomer and Dinky had led this song as opposed to Big Mama, yeah. and Big Mama maybe joined in and was like, "Well, hold on now, that's not all there is." Like that that would have made more sense. But for it her does character. give if Boomer and Dinky it does give more credence were telling to the, the story. Threat, though, like if it was just Boomer and Dinky saying like, "Oh, they're gonna be scary." You, you wouldn't be scared of Copper, but, like, Big Mama's scared for him, so, like, it's actually a threat. I guess. It just pisses me off. There's, like, this great scene at the end of the song where he says, you mean Copper's gonna be my enemy? And then they show him all of the skins in, like, the fucking skin room, which is creepy as fuck. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, here's where I have to pause and say, I am not okay. a huge fan of, like, hunting as a human being. It's not right. that, like, Neither I think it's, like, reproachable or anything like that. I just don't think, like, I am personally not interested in that. Right. Like, I get that some people do it for, like, game, and I think that that's, like, fine. People who do it for sport, I'm, like much, much, much more morally, like, opposed to. Uh, I don't know. It just, like, feels really weird to see skin trade, which is, like, the, like, most, one of the most exploitative, sort of. It just really feels gross watching this movie. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, uh, now that we've had that sad spiel from Tony, yeah. we, we move along. <laughs> And Ta or Copper and Chief and Amos come back, and Copper gets the front seat because he had to earn it, and he earned it. And like Chief is in the back seat whining, and they have this encounter again it, at night, like they did before. Wait, and wait, Copper's wait. like, while they're okay. driving. Amos has his best character moment of the movie. He's oh when he when he's howling with he copper. sings I ain't got no job I'm a hunting man I'd rather have a dog than a dollar so let's go banjo ring a ding a ling ho give a little hoot and I'd holler <laughs> <laughs> and I yeah. like because he's so happy he's like giddy and like. <laughs> he, like, looks like a 10-year-old in that scene. Like, it's really funny and cute. And, like, the one moment <laughs> where I'm, like... Oh, it's one of the moments. I don't, like, hate Amos. Uh, well, no. I do hate Amos. But, like, he does have these moments of, like, oh, like, that's kind of fun. Like, you're a human being. <laughs> no, like, and I, I don't hate him. I think that he's a regular guy. He's just a normal guy trying to make a living. He shoots at and at, at a moving vehicle and hit, almost hits the driver. Like, he's a pretty terrible person. Like, he's crazy. I'm not denying <laughs> the fact that he's crazy. He's just a regular guy, though. He, he's a hunter. That's, I mean, that's what he, he is. He yells out, like, female, like it's the B word. I'm pretty sure it's, like, a euphemism for the B word in this movie. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> uh, anyway, 
the we move on. They uh, have this encounter like they did before when they were young, and it's different now, right? Like Copper is like you can't be here. Yeah. I know what you are. You don't know, but you can't be here. Yeah. And like Chief wakes up as he is wont right to do. Right before he does. Uh, oh man, there's this great moment where Todd says we're still friends right and Copper says those days are over I'm a hunting dog now I'm fucking moving to New York I'm fucking moving to New York <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like a very that, like, I love that scene oh shit like that's not okay yeah <laughs> Yeah, because what would what would he do in New York? You know, he's not going to find work. <laughs> but it like uh, changes their. Like, I love their, that scene. They're no longer friends, kind of thing. You know, like oh shit, yeah. like Copper actually is like dead. like this is the first like, but because before we saw Copper as like kind of a happy, low go lucky animal, like you know, playing kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, at being a hunter, but like this is like him saying no, like I literally can't be friends with you. And this is, like, where you see, like, the world literally has changed these people. And, like, prejudice isn't necessarily, like, born into them. But, like, it has been, like, they have, they have, uh, like, like, it's the toxic air we breathe, you know? Like, they have, they have taken it in on themselves. Right. And I think that's one of the major themes as well, is that it, prejudice is learned. It's a learned behavior. Nobody's born prejudiced. I think that this this is like a major theme of this yeah. movie, for sure. Uh, I mean, granted, it's a fox and a hound, but there are bigger things at play. So we move on, and like this, the chief wakes up, and we have the exact same scenario play out, except in a much larger scale. Now they chase. Todd all the way up to these train tracks. He hides. Copper lets him go. And then Chief is just like waiting by some rocks and pops out. Surprise! And Todd, and Todd is like, oh shit, he's here. And like, I don't know why Chief was just hiding behind rocks and assuming that Todd was going to go this way. <laughs> but it worked out. Like, it was a good, good hunch. Uh, he, uh, they, they chase. Todd, or Chief chases Todd on the railroad tracks just as a train is coming, and Chief just gets fucking hit by a train. I don't, I I know they don't show it, but Chief gets fucking hit by a train. Yeah. And falls off this thing. So, really, in the story, Chief is dead. Chief should be dead. They keep him alive because it's a Disney movie. Chief should be dead. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, Chief is fucking dead. So, like, and then Copper. <laughs> no, Copper looks up and he's like, "You killed my father. Prepare to die." I'll get uh, you for because... this. If it's the last fucking thing I'll fucking do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and so that's that's kind of a big moment. Like he he's he let him go, and then he thinks that Copper or that Todd killed his dad, or his father figure. Yeah, and. That's a that's a big weight to put on somebody, and like he he's out to get him now, right? Yeah. 
So and Amos is too, because the next scene, Amos walks up to the widow's house with the gun, like ready to shoot some people. Like he is fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Well, like to be fair, he thinks that the fox just killed his dog. Yeah. So. Even so, if somebody like knocks on my door with a gun in their hand, I'm probably gonna like, uh, you know, be miffed. <laughs> yeah. Well, and like, so yeah, the this scene is kind of crazy. It gets pretty real pretty fast, and Amos is like, uh, "You got to get rid of that thing. It's a wild animal, and uh, I'm gonna kill it." And you can't she, keep she, him locked up forever. Yeah, she decides that the best thing to do for Todd would be to let him go. And this car sequence of her taking him to the the preserve is like the saddest scene of this movie by far, in my yeah. opinion. She she is like doing this voiceover Sad of like poem. a song, but she she's yeah. speaking it. Well, like, it's a song, but she's speaking it, and, like, he's remembering these fond times as she's thinking them. It is a very sweet but sad scene. Yeah, yeah, it's super sad, and, like, at the end, like, he's trying to follow her. She takes off his collar, and then, uh, yeah, and yeah. Then it starts to rain, and she and then drives I think, home. <laughs> yeah, she, like, I think... Todd realizes what happens as she's taking off the collar, though. And so he gives her, like, a genuine hug. Yeah. And he's like, I understand what's happening. And then on the other side of things, the or Amos and Copper are, like, walking through the house. And there's this wonderful scene of Chief, who is somehow still miraculously alive, like, playing up his broken leg, like, oh, this is the good life. Like, this is how it's supposed to be for a sick dog. All I gotta do is let him know that I still feel bad. And, like, walks up and, like, cries. And Amos is like, go the fuck back to sleep, Chief. Nobody wants to hear about your shit right now. <laughs> Chief just We're mad that you got attacked, but we don't in. give a damn how you feel. <laughs> yeah, we got other shit to deal with. Um, we, we, gotta, we gotta avenge... Chief's death right now. We don't have time to deal with your shit right now, Chief. Um, <laughs> so, that's kind of a funny thing that happens on that side. But then in the woods, it starts to rain, you're right, and Todd is... He has no idea what to do, because he's a wild animal that has never lived in the yeah, wild. Yeah, he has to, like, learn how to be wild. It's kind of kind of funny. It, rain, he, it rains, he, like, finds a hole, Pe people, like, push him out of it. He, he finds another badger. hole. Somebody else pushes him out of it. This time, the angry badger. And then he finds a hole. <laughs> Mr. Badger. I gotta say, Mr. Badger is just a super funny character to me. He's just such an asshole. He's like, you don't see me stumbling into your house when you're sleeping. Get the hell out of my house. <laughs> it's really good. <laughs> oh, whippersnappers. Yeah. I like saying whippersnappers. Yeah. The, the ding dang fox is in my house. Um, Jack, man. I really, I like the, yeah, I really like the, the badger character. And then the porcupine's like, you can sleep with me. And for whatever reason, he goes and sleeps with the porcupine, but doesn't get pricked at all until the morning when they both yeah. wake up. 
Anyway, they wake up nonetheless, and he goes outside and he's looking around, and Big Mama finds him. And there's this wonderful scene of Big Mama with Vixie. God, I first, hate, before she finds Todd. I hate this and scene Vixie so is, much. Yeah, this Vixie is this super sexy lady fox. Oh, yeah. And she... <laughs> Hell, yeah. She... Give that sexy foxy sexiness foxiness. Yeah, it's that sexy fox. Uh, and Big Mama's like, you're a fox. He's a fox. He's handsome. And immediately... Vixie's like, oh, he's handsome, is he? Tell me more. I'll help you find oh, no, him. The exact line if you is, say he's handsome. His, the exact line is, ooh, handsome. He sure sounds nice. <laughs> God fucking That's damn not it. the definition of shallow. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, Jesus. So she goes and helps find him. And then once they find him, Big Mama whispers in her ear, and I have to speculate. I, I want to know what you think she whispered <laughs> into her ear. What, what do you think it was, Tony? Uh, I just want you to stand here and look pretty. <laughs> oh, I, I would think something along the lines of... <laughs> like, no, because she blushes. She's like, oh, Big Mama. So I, I have to think it was something along the lines of... I'm gonna get you some fox dick. It's a coming. Oh God. Oh Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> like, she she knows that they're gonna get together because she's gonna she's let me gonna hook, hook you up, up, girl. Oh, yeah. Jesus. So we've got some some wonderful fox sex on the way. But before then, she's like, "There's this. Uh, why don't you look over there? There's happiness to be found in the forest, and the, like all of this stuff." This whole sequence with Vixie, all of it is super creepy. So like, weird. It's like I feel weird. Like yeah, I feel weird it's just setting watching up it. voyeurism and like like trying to create love at first sight. It's like super weird. It's like oh, it's very weird. It's like very highly and... prioritizing attractiveness <laughs> and like not. Oh, it's super. It's just strange. It's like it's also yeah. awkward. <laughs> she she gets him to turn around and. He's like, who is that beautiful fox that's standing in the perfect lighting? Wow. Looking she away sure is standing there. coyly. She sure is there and a fox. Wow. <laughs> that, that, that sure uh, is a girl fox I see. Got it? Yep. And she, since she's a girl fox, she is pretty. Um, May I call you by your they, first name? By your first name... Which I love because it implies that foxes have full names. Sure. May I call you by your Christian name? Uh, <laughs> what is your first name? I'm what Vixie. is your first name? Vixie. And like his eyes get all droopy. I'm Todd. And like doesn't pay attention to anything else after that. I'm but an like, expert Fisher Fox. I never miss. Well, like, yeah, but, but. I have a question of like what do you, what what is Vixie's middle name? What is Vixie's last name? Like wh I don't understand why why even bring in first name? This is something I know you're trying to move on from, but it, I just can't. It bothers me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, so if we're going to talk about names of foxes, let's talk about fucking names of foxes. Well, like, <laughs> her name could be Vixie Von Foxenstein for all I care. Just establish it. Put it in the universe, you know? Maybe he is... <laughs> Maybe he is uh, using, like, a line that he heard on the radio... In, he's like he's using human parlance, uh, in and he's using like the the like the name like the sort of like courtship behavior that he hears on the radio uh, from his his farm living. I mean, I guess, but wouldn't Vixie question it? Wouldn't she be like, "What do you mean, first name? I've only got one name, you idiot." <laughs> okay. I don't know. Maybe Vixie also listens to the radio. <laughs> the, the the woods radio. The the ra- well K ninety nine. Your radio for the woods. Oh my gosh. Any foxes out there? Uh, this one goes out to Vixie von <laughs> Foxenstein. From your your loving tender fox guy Todd von Foxenheimer. Why are both of them Vons? They, okay, whatever. Don't, don't, don't listen. Eighty-eight nine. You, you listen <laughs> this because it's the only thing the woods have to offer. And now we go on to our music at four. Oh my gosh! Music for the soul. <laughs> this one is Foxy by Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> <sighs> okay. Well, we have That was enough of that bit. Moving on. Let's come on back up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you used a fox pun. And I love I it. Yeah, perfect. It was good. That was enough of that bit. Let's let's move <laughs> on. We cover more of that in our other podcast, Radio Stations of the Forest. About foxes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite podcast. I love that one. <laughs> Um. <laughs> okay. Uh, so he's an expert fucking so get, fisher fox. <laughs> yeah. Um. And he does this horrible fishing move, and they laugh at him naturally because he's never fished before. And he calls her a stupid girl, uh, and she's stupid, like, "Whoa!" He says, "Stupid female." And again, I'm stupid pretty female. sure "female" is a euphemism for the b word in this. Uh, in this movie, so right. he he's going pretty hard. Yeah, and she's like, "Whoa, what the hell, man? You, you can why why are you jumping to that? Like, you got to calm down." And then she she like for good reason turns and pouts. Uh, but I think there was a better way to do it than just pouting. Anyway, uh, he also pouts, and Big Mama sings a song, and they get back together and have fox sex. Yeah. It's not a great song. They have a natural attraction. Very they cool. have fox sex. And I really love that Boomer is like still watching. This is probably my, my adult joke of the week. That Boomer is just sitting up there like watching and he's like, it's just getting to the good part. Yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> and Big Mama's like, you gotta get out of here. They're about to make fox sex. Oh god. It, okay, well my favorite is the like well uh, while they're walking right after this song and this fight or whatever. This very, very, like, very quick makeup from a very quick breakup, I guess. Uh, 
They're walking, yeah. and she counts. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Six would be just enough. And Todd's like, six? Yeah, six would be just right. Six what? <laughs> <laughs> Completely oblivious, and she's, she doesn't say anything. She just sort of giggles and moves Josh, off. how many babies are you and having? And that's... How what? many babies are you having? Uh, I don't. I think that it would be less than six. I think six is not just right. <laughs> uh, six might be a bit many for a people. <laughs> uh, so we move on from there. They uh, go on their big hunting trip, Copper and Amos, and they are laying out these bear yeah, traps. Yeah, they're straight poachers at this point. Yeah, like, like, yeah, they're they're doing it illegally. They're like come up to the sign, and he's like, we're not really hunting, though, so it's okay. We're not hunting. We're uh, just getting us a fox. We're getting us a fox. That's We're hunting a fox. But he lays out all these bear traps, and after a, a nice long night of fox sex, they emerge from their hole, and, like, I really love that Todd is just super happy. He's like, man, it's a beautiful day out here, because he's had fox, fox sex, and he is a much happier fox for it. He is. And so they, like, go along, and he's, like, trying to be a big man. He's, he's like, going to walk through this passageway. passageway. And Vixie's like, I don't know, it's too quiet. We shouldn't go through there. But he is full of bravado and goes anyway. And somehow, miraculously, he does not step on any of the bear traps. Thank God. But Amos being a dumbass, cocks the gun and, like, I don't know why he couldn't have done that beforehand just to have it ready instead of, like, clearly making a sound that will scare the fox away. Yeah, that wasn't smart. No. Like, he's not a smart guy. But he does it. Fox gets away without stepping in any bear traps, but sets a whole bunch of them off without getting its leg caught. Thank God. There's, like, this great growl uh, yeah. off with, uh, with Copper. Right at the beginning. Yeah, that's like a really terrifying scene where like Todd's face just changes entirely. <sighs> yeah, it's like really scary. And so they have this standoff. They like do a quick bite exchange, and then Todd is off quick, again. Quick to the to the sex um, burrow. To the I? sex burrow. Yeah, go to the sex burrow. They go to the sex the fox sex burrow and. They are being chased by a, a whole different side of Copper. Copper is like a whole different character. Yeah. Like this, like shoving himself into the hole with like terrifying teeth. I don't. You don't even see this as Copper He's anymore. Like a you see this as a terrifying beast. Yeah. yeah. And from the other side, uh, Amos tries to smoke him out, and which is super scary. But they run through and the fire. They go out they the literally the fire. go through the fire. Yeah. And that's like, and, and Amos is like, what? Because like foxes don't do that, but like because Todd is uh, is raised in the world of humans, yeah. he he's smart and knows how to run through fire, I guess. Well, he's yeah. he's he knows so, to be less afraid of the fire than of the gun because he's been raised by humans. Yeah, which is the better of the two yeah. options. And if you do it fast enough, it's just. Uh, it's just straw. If you do it fast enough, it's not going to do too much to you. And he was right. I mean, it worked. They got out. 
and ran up to the top of a mountain. But they're trapped again! And hid there. Yeah. And they get up there, and, like, Copper's, like, sniffing around, and Amos is with him, and then this big, scary, mean bear pops secret out bear. who doesn't talk. Yeah, secret. he's a secret bear. He pops out of nowhere. Uh, his hole was behind a tree. He, he was hiding... <laughs> Standing up behind a tree like he was playing hide and seek. And, like, I don't know how they didn't see the bear. That's my problem. Like, this bear is huge and was just came out of nowhere. And Amos shoots it in the shoulder. There's, like, this big fight scene with Copper and the bear. Copper's, like, protecting and... Amos. Like, he is, like, a good dog. He, like, cares about his master. He, like, He's well, yeah, Amos. and Amos also has his foot stuck in a bear trap, which is like a nice, uh, a nice moment. <laughs> yeah, but like Amos, Amos, like a, a bear trap on a any kind of leg is enough to break through the bone and almost cut off a leg. So, like the fact that he's he's like being cool about this and just trying to get away is impressive to begin with, because having his foot stuck in a bear trap is awful. You know this um, from experience. No, I, I mean, bear traps are awful. They, they are really terrible things that, for even, like, smaller creatures, just break the legs off entirely. Yeah, they're pretty bad. Bear traps are pretty so, awful. So, like, yeah. So they, like, anyway, Copper does this exchange with the bear. They fight a little bit. Copper gets pushed off and, like, almost dies. And Todd comes back to save the day. And, yeah, there's this, like, scene, he chased, brings the, the bear back up with him, and they both fall into the water. Yeah. So, like, I don't know what happened to the bear, but, but I know from Brother Bear that a bear can survive much taller falls than that. So I don't know how... Todd survived, but the bear didn't, or if the bear is just somewhere else. Anyway, well, Todd, Todd survived. survived. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and Copper goes to save him, like stands in front of him uh, with the shotgun pointed at himself instead of Todd. And Amos is like, all right, all right. You're right, you win. He did just save you, I guess. And there's, like, no words between them. There's just a smile. Copper turns back, and they smile, and then they walk their separate ways. And it's, like, a really cool scene. Because they're not... They're yeah. not of the same world anymore. That doesn't mean that they no. can, like, and not like... help each other. They can't, they Even though they are, like, different and that they, they can't really be together, they can still, like, help each other and, like, care about each other. Yeah. And there's, there's this, like, wonderful voiceover of, while, while they're both, like, living their lives separately, uh, there's this wonderful voiceover of the two of them as kids with that exchange of, Copper, we'll be friends forever, huh? And Copper's like, yeah, friends forever. And then that's they, you, like, see Todd up on top of the hill looking down. And Copper in his little hole with Chief looking up. Fuck you, I'm and going smiling. Hollywood. Yeah. 
Like, it, it's just a really nice end, but good god, there's so much fucking violence in this movie. Like, all, all the, the violent attacking scenes with the bear, all that shit's terrifying. Like, it's a really violent, gory scene. And not to mention all of the really dark moments of this movie. It is a super dark, sad movie. And I like I said that at the beginning because of the way that the beginning was set up, but it's a really, really dark, sad movie. Well, we forgot to talk about all the lightest parts, which are super, honestly, just boring, which is why we didn't talk about the caterpillar scenes. I don't like the caterpillar <laughs> scenes that much. I think they're yeah, they're just boring. They're not like bad. They're just boring. They're not that interesting. Yeah, I just I, they don't add anything to the story. Um, yeah, but. One thing I do want to say is caterpillars take two to five weeks to pupate and uh, to so go from caterpillars to fully formed butterflies, not a year and a half. That is silly. Yeah, this took like almost two years. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so just, uh, just a science fact there, guys. Uh. <laughs> Which we, we talk about in our other podcast about butterflies. Yep. Uh, but... He, so. he, uh, I do like, like, as we close out, there's like the, the, he sure is making a fuss over a hurt little leg, which is what Chief yeah. says about Amos, who is basically complaining <laughs> in the exact same way that Chief was, and it's pretty funny, and it's like this human yeah. moment where, like, like, Amos needs help from the widow, and, like, the widow who is, like, helping Amos, and it's, like, a great scene. Yeah. She's like, uh, you'll be back to good, back to good in no time. And she's like, actually, I don't know if I want that. Ha 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 ha. Ha 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 ha. Yeah, I really like that moment. I thought that was really funny that she was like, uh, kind of messing with him a little bit. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it was a really sweet movie. I liked it. Uh, I this is one of my favorites. It's just so freaking dark. And I tend to like that in a movie, actually. Oh, jeez. Okay, her name is Widow Tweed. I thought that I just, like, didn't Widow. know because, like, they, like, I was being dumb and, like, didn't remember what the, what it was. No, it's it's Widow Tweed. I'm pretty sure I never even heard that. No, I haven't either. She's just the Widow. God. <laughs> That's not great. <laughs> <laughs> What a great backstory. Oh, right. She's got a whole lot of character there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Granted, the movie's not about her, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, that was our take on Fox and the Hound. We hope that you liked it. And again, if you have things to add that maybe you noticed or things that you would like to continue the conversation of, be sure to... Uh, follow us on Facebook, first of all, at Front Porch Disney, and comment, message us, do all that kinds of stuff, and if you do, we will maybe read some of your comments back on the next episode. We're happy to do that. What is the next episode? Uh, but yeah, the next episode is going to come out next week, uh, May, Sunday, May, hold on, I don't know. What's the Sunday after the 21st? Perhaps the 20th. 28th uh so sunday may 28th is the next episode we're gonna be watching pete's dragon so that's gonna be a really fun one tony i know that's one of your favorite it is i love pete's dragon so much yeah so uh get psyched about that one um it's a very 
This is the old Peach Dragon, not the new one. Um, oh, yeah, we're not reviewing the new the, one. The original. You actually, this is actually one no. where if you haven't seen it, definitely watch it beforehand, because, like, I am going to get so nitty-gritty into the plot holes of this movie and the details of this <laughs> movie, uh, because I, like, I think this movie is fucking hilarious to, like, make fun of, so this is definitely yeah. going to be a good one, well, too. If you, like, if you liked our, like, our, like, goofy movie episode where we just, like, tore apart, like, that movie or, like, Aristocats, <laughs> this is going to be a lot like that. Yeah, because there's a whole lot of plot holes in Peach Dragon. So, uh, get excited about that. We're going to be posting some more on that later. But, uh, and there will not be a guest for that one. That one's just going to be me and Tony talking about funny stuff with Peach Dragon. So, get excited. That one's going to be really fun. So that comes out, again, Sunday, May 28th. Yep. But the other thing is Twitter. Again, just as a reminder, the uh, Twitter page is at Front Porch Disney. Tony's is at Front Porch Tony. Mine is at Front Porch Josh. And use our hashtag, hashtag Front Porch Talks, to be entered into a contest for some free swag with our name on it. My name on it. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, whatever. And Tony's a nerd. And also... Check out uh, iTunes, like and subscribe, and also leave us a rating and review. That helps a lot. And, yeah, Tony, you want to sing us out? Absolutely. Uh, are you ready? Yeah, do it. All right. So I'm actually going to pick the very best song from this movie, which is... Okay, what is it? The Clearly the Amos Slade song. Okay. I ain't got no job, I'm a hunting man. I'd rather have a dog than a dollar. So let's go banjo ring a ling ling go give a little hoot and a holler. Alright, well thanks again guys. We hope to catch you next time. And tell your friends. We appreciate everything you've done so far, so keep it up. Thanks guys. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>